The Radiant Podcast is a proud member of the Converge Podcast Network. And I want to give a quick shout out to our underwriting ministry partner, First 15. To get deeper into God's Word today, visit first15.org forward slash converge. Now on to today's show. Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Lisa Whittle joining us. She's here to chat about her latest book, Jesus Over Everything, and I think this is a conversation that can carry us through this crazy, hard quarantine season. Now, I found this conversation to be stimulating, encouraging, challenging for my faith, and I hope you will too. I can't wait for you to hear it, and I hope it serves as a bright spot in your week. Without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, Lisa. Hi. I am so excited to have you on the Radiant Podcast today. I have been following along with what you've been doing. I remember an interview that I listened to your story over maybe on the Happy Hour Podcast years ago. And so I'm so excited to have you on today. Oh, it's fun for me. I'm really looking forward to it. This is good. Yeah, I would love for you to start by sharing your story I know that you have written a number of books, but I would love to hear the other parts of your story that allowed you to get to where you are today and all the twists and turns in the process. Oh my goodness. Well, do you have 17,000 hours? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I feel like well, everyone will be asleep by the time I get through the whole story. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard for me to cliff's notes the whole thing because you know, it's like everybody else. It's just been, it's been, it has been twists and turns. It hasn't been smooth, um, or in any way probably like I expected it. I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been writing for a while. I've been living for a while. I've been married for twenty four years. So I can't even believe that because sometimes I feel like. I thought, can I make it past year one in marriage? So I'm really grateful that I here I am at year 24. My husband and I have three kids and, and we've got had a lot of changes this year because now we're kind of transitioning into like consultant role. And I remember when they were like little and I thought, can I survive that we have three children under the age of four? You know, so my life consists of like family and Yes, Jesus, and writing and speaking and kind of doing things in ministry that I love, which are taking care of other leaders. Um, I, I really believe strongly in that because my life was, you know, growing up in the church. My dad was a pastor and he you know, he had a a huge sort of ministry fall, I guess is the best way to say it in like a very quick phrase, but it doesn't encapsulate like what that really meant for our family. So for me, you know, I just, I have a real deep desire and heart to take care of people who are super weary serving Jesus. And so um, that's a heart that I have. And then, you know, writing and speaking is such a love of mine. So I love being in the place now where I can sort of pour back in and, and, and talk about things that I've learned most of them the hard way, because I tend to learn things the hard way, actually. And I, I I don't know. I mean, 
it's sometimes I wish that I was an easier learner, but at the same point in time, I, I don't know. I mean, it just is me. So um, I don't know if that told you anything about my story, but that's, I, this is book seven. So that should tell you I've been, I've been at this for a little while. Um, but in some ways it's like a brand new day for me because of all the ways that I feel like I'm finally at the place where I am over myself in many ways. And I think that's been a long time coming. Man, well, I mean, so many parts of your story already that you've shared have resonated with me. And I, I too, like, I really care about the people. And I'm actually most attracted to in conversation um, with the people who are weary in serving Jesus, because I can, I can appreciate um, being honest with sometimes those objections. Um, sometimes I believe the church hasn't done the best job of making it even seem appealing <laughs> to serve Jesus. Yeah. And so I would love to start there because you have a book, Jesus Over Everything. So kind of coming from that place where I'm sure at some point you've been weary with the past hurt you've had to navigate to getting here to this message message of Jesus over everything. How do you marry those two concepts? And, and what do you say to the person who, who's like, I I don't know about that. I say completely understand because, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, nobody can sort of out skeptic me. I feel like, I mean, I'm really being serious. Like when I, when I write, even when I write, I kind of ask my, myself all of the hard questions. And that's just who I am by nature. I'm a challenger. So if you like the Enneagram and you know eight Enneagrams, you know that like, that's how we roll. Like we are challengers. So I challenge myself. So literally as I'm writing things, I'm like, is this even true? Like, can I, first of all, can I even, can I back this up with the Bible? Cause if not, like, I don't really care about saying it. But the other thing is like, you know, does this work for everybody? Because I understand that I can't from my I can't get rid of my vantage point. This is the life that I live and this is the life that I know. I can't apologize for it. This is who I am and this is the experience that I carry. But at the same time, like I don't want to sit in a little box in my little perch and go, well, this is my life and um, you know, appreciate your life over there, but I'm just going to talk about what I know. Like I really do try to look at all of our lives, whatever the core of us is, and say, can this work for everybody? Because if it can't, I really can't write about it because I don't want to leave anybody out. And so while I can't apologize for who I am and where I come from, I also say I really do think that if I can't say Jesus over everything and that doesn't work for every single human, then I can't write that book. And so um, believe me, there are plenty of other books I'd rather write. And there are plenty of other books that I think might even sell better because Jesus over everything is hard. Like it's hard. And so for me, I thought one, it's not a, it's not a book that I think I've arrived at. It's a, it's a goal book. It's also a banner that I want it to be over my life. I also think in terms of like, what's sort of a mic drop, you know, because what am I really, what is this life? What am I really going after? And so for me, like, there's nothing better than Jesus over everything because of this, it sort of simplifies and makes clear everything else. And I don't know about you, but for me, Things are really complicated and really cluttered most of the time. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have to like clear away the path and go, wait, what is it really about? Because I need my decisions to be much clearer. And so um, what I attempted to do in the book was say, what does that actually look like? What does Jesus over everything actually look like? 
in a daily life that's full of decisions and choices. And that that's my attempt because I feel like what I offer to the body of Christ, I, I certainly do not offer everything and cannot and cannot speak into everything. But one thing that I do believe that God's gifted me with is the ability to give language for things that sometimes we feel like are so hard and they're actually not and simplify them because I'm a simple person and I need it spelled out extremely simply. And so that's what I did was sort of take this concept of Jesus over everything and say, what does it look like? And that's really what the book is all about. Well, I love that you've broken it down into kind of eight statements of choice or eight sections, I guess you'd say, um, to really address like the practical side of this. I would love to hear kind of which one hits home most to you. And then I have a question about one that hits home most to me. (laughs) Okay. I wonder if they're the same. Um, You know, I would say for me that uh, all of them hit home in a different way because obviously they all came from a deep place inside of me, but definitely some more than others. And some of the chapters I did not want to write, FYI. Um, some of them I was like, oh, Lord, like, do we have to do that one? And they might be some that surprise you, actually. But the one that probably is the most poignant for me means the most. And um, I think will also mean a lot to the readers is honesty over hiding. Um, at, from that chapter, I wrote a lot from a very hard place in my own life. And it's a very vulnerable chapter, but I also feel like that I knew I had to speak um, very honestly. Actually, the whole book is much more vulnerable than I wanted it to be or thought it would be. Um, I prayed that God would keep me in a real heart place and not a heady place because I didn't want to be, I'm a teacher by nature, but I didn't want to be teachery about it. I wanted to like I wanted to be a journeyer and I wanted to feel it. And I felt it a little too much, I think, in some places, because I really talked about things I had no intention talking about. Um, But I I would say that honesty over hiding, also real over pretty, because that's something that I feel very committed to. But yet it is a practice for me. Like I have to push myself to be authentic and real online because I am actually – an introvert. I'm actually private. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't really want to share. And I think there's a balance there, but I feel like the Lord continually calls me to practicing that. So I think those chapters probably are some of the most um, poignant for me. Well, man, I am in a season of honesty over hiding and it is hard. And I, I think sometimes people don't realize like writing these lessons out in these books, like you have to live them and they are, they are lessons that are hard earned before they're ever put down on paper. And then yeah. you've got to relive them when you're writing them. And so, um, I found that to be like pretty painful in my own process of writing. Um, yeah. but honesty over hiding, I mean, man, that I, I had a breakdown about that last week. I feel like I, you know, I'm scared of rocking the boat. So I just don't show up at all. That's a big Mm. social media one for me. I'll just disappear for six months or maybe three months. And just, I just don't know what to say. I don't want to rock the boat. If I feel like I can't show up as a hundred percent me, I just won't show up as all show up at all. And so that has been like an ongoing lesson. Like that's what 
my Voxer inbox is filled up with, with friends who were like, <laughs> hello, I'm holding you accountable to show up. Um, <laughs> but for me, one that's what that stood out um, being an Enneagram seven is holiness over freedom, which I yeah. can imagine as an eight, that is probably also freedom is probably a high value for you as well. And so I would love for you to touch on that because freedom's everything to me. Oh, listen. Well, well, when I just spoke of the chapters I didn't want to write, that was one of them. That was absolutely a chapter I didn't want to write. It was the last chapter that I put in the book. Um, I really spoke to the Lord about that. I mean, you know the content of that chapter, so especially I didn't want to write it. I really argued. I, I said, Lord, like people will try to assume this about me, or they will try to put me in this box, or you know, use me for this kind of thing. And I thought, I the one thing that I can assure you of with my personality is I don't like to be bridled. I don't like to be, you know, I don't like to be used as anybody's pawn, and I don't like anyone to speak for me. So, So for me, um, yeah, freedom is everything. I mean, no, I can tell you, I hate to be controlled. So this, the reason why this chapter is so important, and I'm so glad you brought it up because honestly, this is what I want us as Christians to understand is we really don't understand this concept at all. If we really knew what holiness was actually all about and what the freedom that was offered to us through it, we wouldn't resist it. We would run to it because the thing about holiness is it is in direct opposition to us choosing our own way and becoming enslaved by our own freedoms. This is what is crazy town about this, Kelsey. It is so crazy about our freedom. We actually, okay, so we have a free will to choose, and that's God's great gift to us. We can choose to do pretty much whatever we want. And I'm obviously talking about things that are not illegal. Um, there's, there's, We have a lot of leeway. There's a lot of freedom, right? So we have a lot of freedom to do what we want, certainly in America. And so we enjoy those freedoms. And I can tell you, especially me, I mean, and the older I get, the more, I mean, I just, I love, you know, being grown and being an adult and having freedoms. The problem is so many times because we are human and because we choose our own way and we are, we don't always choose choose wisely, we become enslaved by our own freedoms. And that's the greatest irony of it. But on the other side, if we choose God's way, which is the way of holiness, we actually gain freedom in a way that we will never, ever know otherwise. And so what I say in this chapter is I am actually at a place in my life where I am living this completely compliant life, not completely. Let me not, let me not overstate this. This makes me sound way too spiritual. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually a a wild, I'm still wild and stubborn. I am very wild and stubborn and often run from God. But what I'm saying is I want to choose his way and I want to choose holiness. And I do believe that his way is best. And I, so I'm, I'm wanting to live this compliant life of, of holiness Yet I feel free to do it. And I feel so free that I can actually turn some of my freedoms down. Things that I'm actually able to do, I don't really want to do. And so that's where I think, that's what I think it's about. Like where you can say, I am so free in the spirit that I turn some of my freedoms down. And that is, 
really a remarkable turnaround and mind shift for us as believers that I think if we could fully understand what that means, it, it would really radically change our lives. I, I mean, I agree. For me, freedom is everything, but I have certainly fallen into patterns of being a slave to the things that I think make me free, especially in my business. You know, for me, my business is what yields freedom in my life financially. Um, but then I become right. a slave to that. And I'm like, man, I built this and I'm no longer free. Um, mm. How often do we do that? You know, and yeah. so it's been a year of learning that one the hard way. I, uh, I uh, liked how you said at the beginning, I wish I didn't have to learn everything the hard way, which I totally deeply resonate with. And then at the same mm. time, but I'm glad I, I get to learn like the nitty gritty versions of those lessons because it really does hit home once I do learn it the hard way. And so yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. And, and I found a lot of freedom and just fullness and joy in my walk with God. And I, I haven't felt ever controlled. I've actually felt the opposite, just totally free. Like like the kid of a good parent who who knows they're safe and free, um, but there's also like parameters to keep them safe. And so yeah. That that's how that speaks to me. But I, I also like if I were just even if I weren't a believer or even hadn't walked out the long hard road I have with freedom, I would read Holiness Over Freedom and kind of brace myself and be like, No, <laughs> I know, I know. It's I you know I knew it would be a hard sell. Look, we didn't put it in chapter two for a reason, uh-huh. right? We 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 waited till chapter four for that one. But I also think that, you know, this is what I've come to peace with, Kelsey. It's like, I get that some of these things are hard. First of all, I, I, I really predominantly write to the church because the church is what I know. So like, not that I don't want a non-believer to pick up my book. Please, I do. I would love that. But is a, is a non-believer going to pick up a book that says Jesus over everything? I mean, I don't know. I mean, so, I mean, I'm I'm real about who I'm really writing for. I also feel like, my call is to talk to the church because I believe we can be better. And I believe if we're better, man, we can influence the world. And so that's where I feel like I'm called and where I land. And so, and I know us, I know us because this has been my life. This is, this is, this is my people. This is who I know. And so I get that it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell for seasoned believers. We don't want to read the holiness over, over freedom chapter, but I also, you know, and if someone wants to skip it, they certainly can. But here's the thing. I think at the end of the day, we all want our lives to be less complicated. And that is the appeal here. Do you want your life to be less complicated? I'm going to tell you the ways that I believe they can be. And so holiness over freedom, that choice is the way, one of the ways your life will be less complicated. Because when we choose God's way and when we do it the holy holy way, and of course, there's a lot in that chapter that you can read as to what that actually means, then your life will be less complicated. Because if anyone has ever been enslaved by their own freedoms, meaning they have gotten into something that maybe was a number in the beginning, say, and then before they knew it, they like literally felt owned by something. They know that that has severely complicated their life. And ultimately, no one wants that. There is an appeal here to say, look, I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm just saying like, does it work when something owns you? And the, the answer is no, right? And so 
there's a real sort of pragmatism here. And it, it, it's, it really is. It's not like preacher bashing you over the head. It's just like, hey, do you want your life to work? Do you want it to be less complicated? I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty misery inducing to let something own you. And so, so I'm with you and I'm saying, don't skip the chapter. You know, I think it's really good. I I think if you and I, as a, as an eight and a seven in total aversions to anything bridling our freedom (laughs) can handle it, anyone else can. So you'll be fine. It's a good message. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now, a message from a network supporter. I love these eight statements you've chosen. What are your real comforts of home? For some, it's finding your own real front porch, wherever it may be, even if it's your favorite park bench. Maybe it's walking in from work and being greeted by real family with a warm, wet kiss. Or staying in for real home entertainment of your own making. Whatever your idea of the real comforting feeling of home is, the delicious taste of Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea goes perfectly with it. Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea, the taste that brings you home. To kind of focus on and kind of the really pragmatic approach because that, I'm with you. I'm not one to be hyper-spiritual. I like practical day-to-day applications that I can do to walk, to, to like make my walk with God better and make my life better, you know? And so... Um, I don't need anything super flowery. Just tell me the truth. How can I live with more fullness, more freedom, holy freedom, (laughs) and more joy and like, let's move forward, you know? And so, man, okay. So what was, how did this book come out of you? And I would love to hear too, like probably the years that led up to the lessons that are in this book. Cause I, I think that's something people don't always realize is, a lot of these lessons are years and years and years of learning them before they're ever put down in words. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in so many ways, this has been like the process of my life. I mean, I, I don't know that, like, I, I I became a Christian when I was young. I think that when you travel a long time with Jesus, like, you really... <sighs> there's a lot of things that take place between the two of you. And I feel like that for me, Jesus over everything is something that I have been, I I can't say I've been, it's been on the forefront of my mind. Like, you know, I I can't say as a teenager, I thought, wow, I I think I need to put Jesus over this or Jesus over. In fact, in chapter seven, in the beginning, I talk about an experience I had in college. And I literally say in that chapter, I was not trying to make a Jesus over everything decision right that right then. I just knew I didn't want my secrets to make me sick anymore. And that is it was of course that's the chapter about coming clean. But and that's the reality of it. It's like when I look back at my life, I see that so many things were went wrong because I picked me over him or went wrong because I decided to hide rather than be honest or whatever the case may be. And so, yeah, this is a, this is a learning lesson. This is a lifelong lesson for me. And so, you know, I I think even as I wrote the book, when it was decided that it was going to be a book or whatever, I mean, I already had my podcast called Jesus over everything. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't exactly a book I wanted to write. I know that sounds awful. I hear I've said, I didn't want to write the chapters. I didn't want to write the book. 
it's not that I didn't want to talk about putting Jesus over everything. I just, I didn't know how to write it. I just, I, I just knew that like, I just knew that it was a battle for me. And so sometimes you don't know, and you don't, you don't want to write about that. Like the things that are hardest for you, you don't necessarily want to write them. You certainly want to write them from a place of victory. You certainly want to write about things that you think, man, I got that in the bag, you know? Um, but I, I think for me, when I look back at people who have inspired me the most as writers, like a, like a Nowen or, or, you know, someone like that, that, uh, you know, or, or Manning or whatever people that I've really loved their writing, they were always writing from a place of like, I'm still broken in the midst of this in some ways, or like, I'm still working this out with the Lord, but we're, we're a lot better than we were. And I've, he's showing me this real time, you know? And so for me, I hope that Jesus over everything is something that people can feel that like the Lord and I are still working out. And I, I, I believe I will die working out with the Lord. Like I will die saying, you know, Jesus, I want to put you over everything in my life. I'm not sure there's anything else left but that, you know? So I I just know that I think it would be great to be able to go, wow, got it. Um, So now that I've learned that, I'm just going to share it in a book. But that's not the way that I roll. And that's not the way that the Lord has, um, has shown me, but I, I, I know that the things that are in the book are things that he has been working out of me for, oh gosh, years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think I'll ever fully arrive, but I think it's a journey worth being on for the, yeah. for the remainder of the years I have on earth. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I, again, I, I love these eight statements. And so I can't speak highly enough. I definitely encourage um, our listeners to dive in. I would love for you to share about the other books you've written um, and what started your career as an author. Did you always want to be an author? When were you able to become a full-time author? I would just love to hear your story there. Well, let's see. I know I didn't always want to be an author. Absolutely not. I never even, I never even considered it. Honestly, I wanted to be an interior decorator. I, I also wanted to be a psychologist. Um, I, no, I, there was no concept of this. <laughs> um, although when I look back through my life, I see threads of like how writing, how the paper and pen was always the way that I communicated the best. Like if I needed to get out of a speeding ticket with my dad and he, I didn't want him mad at me, I didn't go to him face to face and say, dad, I got a speeding ticket. I wrote it out in some kind of long handed letter and sent it to because Yeah, we didn't have email back then. So it was like a long letter that I would give to my dad. And that was how I would express myself or whatever. So I always did express myself well in writing, but it just didn't dawn on me. Also, my mother is an author, which is kind of a little known fact. Um, and my first book was co-authored with her. But even with, even though she was an author, I thought, here's what I thought. I thought that's really cool, but that sounds so hard. And I would never want to do that. Like that's, that's great for her, but she wrote parenting books. And so, you know, again, that didn't, I, you know, that didn't cross my mind. I was just like, okay, let me go be with my boyfriend or whatever it was in high school that I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I, the reason why I started writing honestly was because my husband lost his job and I had three kids under the age of four and I needed an outlet and blogs were not popular then. Um, they were coming onto the scene, but I wasn't into it. 
Um, I'm always kind of the last holdout with stuff. I'm, I'm very much, I don't jump on bandwagon. So I always, I'm always kind of late to the party. Cause I'm like, I don't know if that's going to actually be a thing. So then I wait. So I wasn't really into blogs and blogging. Um, but, and in fact, my first book came out when people were starting their blogs. And so I did everything sort of backwards again, the hard way, but yeah, I, I co-authored with mom at first. And then I had written an article. That's kind of how the whole thing started. It's too long to go into, but basically I started with an article in a, in a magazine and it just kind of went from there. Um, uh, but these were, that was before agents and it, it, it honestly, it was very, very raw send your man, you know, send your query letter in a, in a brown paper envelope kind of a thing. So, um, I don't know. The Lord just had it, had it for me to do, I guess. Um, but I've written, uh, the first two books were for women Then I wrote, a um, a, a book that was a, a kind of a crossover book for men and women called whole that told a lot of our own personal story. And then, um, wrote a book called I want God, which was a book that radically changed my own life. Uh, put your warrior boots on the five word prayers, 40 day devotional. Um, and then uh, this one, Jesus over everything. So this is my seventh book. Wow. Seventh book. Um, I love that you started in the space where you literally just mailed your query letter in and then you just waited. You didn't, you, I mean, we you kind of do that we with waited, email yeah. now and there were no agents as like bridges then. You know, I think, th- I, I think maybe people, th- maybe there were people that had agents, but it wasn't really a big thing. Like now if, if someone's listening and they're, you know, they don't, they're not in the writing world. They're like, I don't even know about all these terms, query letter agent, whatever, but you have a literary agent now. Typically it's very typical if you're an author to have an agent, a literary agent. No, we did not have an agent. Uh, My mom never had agents. For our first book, we didn't have an agent. And for my second book, I didn't have an agent. And it was so crazy, Kelsey, because that second book is with Thomas Nelson. And I had actually sent late at night this email to this woman uh, well, well, to the website, I was surfing websites of like, who who could I send this to this idea for this book I have? And I sent an email like field one, Lisa, field two, Whittle. Oh, uh, hi, I have this book idea. And I sent it to Thomas Nelson. I mean, and I, I call that I don't I, it's either arrogance or ignorance. I don't know. But, you know, yeah. So but they do you know, in two weeks, I got a response back from an acquisitions editor named Debbie Wickwire, who said, I'm really interested in your project. And that became my second book called Behind Those Eyes, What's Really Going On Inside the Souls of Women. And do you know, this is the sweetest thing. That that book came out in, I think, 2006. I have not worked with Debbie since then until now. And Debbie is my editor once again on this book, Jesus Over Everything. Oh, that is, that is so fun and so special to come back, to come back full circle. That is so cool. And I think, you know, I think of our, a, a lot of our listeners here on the Radiant Podcast dream of writing a book. I think a lot of women do in general. And so I always love to ask these questions and hear about that process because you just don't know where to start. Now, yeah. That probably is a, a perfect segue into one of your communities you run called yep. Creatives. I mean, you help people do this, right? Yes. And I am loving it. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. We just launched in January. So this is a new venture for me, but it has been crazy fun and 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 people are loving it, which is just brings me such joy. My friend Allie Worthington and I uh, partnered up to start this community called Called Creatives, and it's for uh, really it's for women who want to write and speak. 
And um, what's been so neat about it, we have really, we have over 500 women in it. Um, and yeah, it's been amazing. But what's neat about it is um, we have, of course, we do trainings. Uh, so four times, four times a month, it's, it's once a week, we drop something new. It'll either be a try a writing training, a speaking training. Uh, we do live coaching calls once a month. And then we also have an industry insider that we do an interview with either Allie or myself. It has been the most fun. And what I love about this community is we have this, we have a non-comparison policy. Like there's no comparison here. We have a non-competition policy. We are cheering for each other. Like you can't believe, and we don't just say it, we mean it. And, um, we, we have a network where they have, it has subgroups. So we have podcasters. So we have a group for podcasters and a group for entrepreneurs and a group for women in vocational ministry. So you can sort of find your, your, your group within this bigger group and ask questions like, Hey, what kind of podcast hosting do you do? Or, you know, what kind of, you know, microphone do you use or whatever you want to do? Or like if you're a photographer, you're an entrepreneur, you can join up with people. And it's been incredible because it's a resource. It's a place where you can go and ask questions where normally you don't know who to ask. And so we have just had the most fun in this community ever. I love it. Well, I, I have people ask me this stuff all the time and I am excited to be able to send them your way because, oh. um, I mean, the price point's incredible. It's $19.99 a month and, yep. um, you know, 200 bucks for the year. So yes. I will definitely be uh, sending people your way um, because this is an awesome resource and, and something I wish I thankfully um, I had people willing to just invest in me and share that I just personally knew. But if I wouldn't have known them, I have no idea where I would have started. And so yeah. this is yeah. like the perfect tool to really start pursuing. Or as you said earlier, like if you're right in the thick of it, you have people with two books out that are in this community too, who are also benefiting. So I definitely, yep. I'm definitely, my ears are perked up and I'm going to have to come on over and join y'all. We love that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we do. We have all, you know, mid-level, we have beginner and it really does. We really do have something for everyone, which is really nice. And, and we've worked very hard on doing that. And so, yeah. Well, I love it. And um, man, I'm just excited for what's ahead. What is what's ahead in 2020 for you, Lisa, as this book makes its way into the world? So kind of what's next? Well, yeah, we'll launch the book. We also have a Bible study that goes with it. It's a six session Bible study. So if anybody's into Bible study and wants to do that, we, we, we go into that in a, in a deeper way. So that's exciting. Um, we have, oh gosh, we've got a lot going on. We've got um, more call creatives is going to open back up in May. So that's exciting. We, we only open for seven days when we open. So it's a short period of time, but we'll be doing that again, um, at callcreatives.com or you can find us on Instagram and you can follow us there. Um, so we'll open that back up. I do my one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is we do day trainings for ministry strong. And that's on my website. You can see that my speaking, we've got a lot of speaking stuff going on and, I'm writing another book. Oh my enough. gosh, you're already on. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> but I mean, now look, I don't recommend just popping them out. I just, God had already put in my heart, um, actually several books. And so, um, that will, that will probably come out. We actually don't have a date for sure, but that will probably come out sometime in late 2021. Um, but I'm very excited about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we got a lot going on, but it's, it's a lot within 
the um, really good yeses and nos that that the Lord has shown me how to maneuver. So it's a, I'm in a good spot. Well, man, that is fun. We'll have to be on the lookout for your next book. But in the meantime, I 10 out of 10 recommend um, the Radiant Listeners picking up Jesus Over Everything among your other six books that they might enjoy as well. Where can everyone find you? I know you mentioned your podcast, um, but I have a feeling people are going to want to keep up with what you've got going on. So how can everyone find you? And of course, Uh, the book. Yeah, everything is at lisawhittle.com. You can find out speaking. You can find out all my podcast stuff is there. All all the the book stuff, of course, is there. The free quiz you can take. The oh, I got a lot of free stuff you can have on that on the website. So everything is at lisawhittle.com. Well, I think that's easy enough. Guys, go ahead and order your copy of Jesus Over Everything and be sure to follow along with Lisa on all the social platforms and over at her podcast, Jesus Over Everything. So thank you for joining me today, Lisa. Oh, thank you. It's been awesome. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.